Once again, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. I've got a variety of very exciting topics to discuss with you today. First of all, not the least of which is the long, slow, and sweet demise of once Democrat attack dog Mark Elias. It appears that the party and Democrats the country over are jumping ship and leaving Elias to go down to the bottom of the icy brink. Then we're going to be discussing the efforts by never-Trumpers to both remove America First candidates and also block them from getting elected in the first place. And then finally, we're going to be rounding out with the audit results from Otero County, New Mexico. And it's just as bad as you would expect. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. Right now is the best time to start setting goals for the next cycle of inflation. This way, you're always moving forward, growing. Making money, not losing it. Imagine having more freedom and more fun. You can start a gold IRA right now today with Noble Gold and begin to immediately start fighting inflation. And this month, for every IRA above 20K, you're going to get this incredible 3-ounce solid silver American virtue coin. It's completely free, and it's their thank you for getting signed up. Can't go wrong with Noble Gold. Give them a call today at 877-646-5347 or visit their website in the link below at noblegoldinvestments.com and learn more today. Once again, that's noblegoldinvestments.com. Give them a call. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back, my friends, and thank you so much for sticking around. So it would appear that Mark Elias and his expiration date may have passed. You see, this former attack dog for Hillary Clinton and the Democrat Party now finds himself no longer as marketable in today's political climate. Mark Elias is famous for dirty tricks and lawfare tactics. They helped Elias and the current Democrat administration rise to the heights of American power. But you see, that power that Elias once wielded has now become a liability of sorts. Let's take a look at some of Elias's uh, past accomplishments, if you want to call them that. Uh, first of all, Obama tapped Elias to lead his initiative to expand voting rights after leaving office. Now, the expansion of voting rights is kind of a nebulous term when you realize that Elias has a history of uh, efforts to undermine and undercut American voting rights for years now. And during the 2016 election, we have to remember that he was Hillary Clinton's personal attorney. You got to be a really slick slime bag to get picked by Hillary Clinton to represent her in court. Now it would appear that Mark Elias is being investigated by none other than John Durham. And it sounds to me like John Durham is not ready to let Elias squirm out of this one. You see, Elias is set to take the stand in the very, very soon upcoming Michael Sussman trial, and it's sure going to be interesting to see what Durham wants to ask him about. Elias is that very attorney that traveled the country for the DNC and made sure that ballot drop boxes were an essential tool used to steal the election, of course, primarily in swing states. But he was also sanctioned for those efforts in Texas, and as a result, both the voting public and, more importantly, the state legislatures are now older and wiser when it comes to this particular dirty trick. It's going to be really difficult to get this stuck into another election. Now, would it surprise you if I also said that Mark Elias had positioned himself as the lead attorney for BLM? Remember Act Blue, all of those millions of dollars that were coming in, supposed to go to Black Lives Matter, ended up going to the Democrat Party? 
Or what about the fact that he's been the guy behind a slew of lawsuits targeting conservatives who dared to draw attention to the stolen election of 2020? Or what about the fact that Mark Elias inserted himself into the Arizona audit? He actively fought to shut it down. Thank God his efforts were not successful. Well, it seems like Elias has a very personal stake in keeping the truth about the 2020 election quiet. Sure, he was paid millions of dollars by the Democrats and left-wing organizations to fight dirty on their behalf, but how dirty? Does Elias have a bigger stake in this than just a simple attorney-client relationship? That's exactly what I think, and it appears that Durham thinks so too, because in a recent filing, the special counsel accused Mark Elias of lying about his relationship with Fusion GPS. Of course, that lie being that Fusion GPS was hired not for opposition research, but to provide legal advice. Remember, this was when he was at Perkins Coy. Since the special counsel investigation has began, Mark Elias apparently went off on his own leaving Perkins Coy so that he could more actively pursue these voting expansion efforts. I tend to think it's because Perkins Coy didn't like the attention and the heat that Elias was bringing down on them, so they wanted to get him out of there and do a little bit of damage control. I personally am not buying Mark Elias's excuse that Fusion GPS was not hired for opposition research. Neither is Durham. In fact, in one of his recent filings, he said, the factual record and Fusion GPS's own communications raise serious concerns about this depiction. This is why this fight ongoing in court right now to get access to all of these emails, communications with Fusion GPS, are so vitally important for John Durham and the special counsel to be able to prove their case against Michael Sussman. It's going to open it wide for cases against a number of other people. Mark Elias, in my opinion, is going to be one of them. Now, Elias's upcoming testimony in the Michael Sussman trial should be fairly illuminating and at the very least should end up painting him into a corner because he's either going to have to lie on the stand and commit perjury or he's going to be forced to plead the fifth on statements he's already made during the special counsel's investigation. Either way you slice it, Mark Elias is going to have his back against a wall and it gets worse for dear old Mark Elias. This Democrat party he has served so loyally for many years, the same party that he helped to steal the 2020 election, is now abandoning him as widespread public opinion shows that America is turning on the Democratic Party itself and their radical agenda. Now people in the party are distancing themselves from Elias as judges and prosecutors across the country rebuke him for his less than ethical and lawfare like tactics. People are saying Mark Elias has hurt the party. He's hurt their agenda. And recently, for some inexplicable reason, he scrubbed years of tweets from his Twitter feed. And that's probably in an effort to hide his public statements from the past, as well as perhaps some connections that undoubtedly John Durham and the investigation team are going to be looking at. But Mark, I hate to tell you, John Durham more than likely has an exhaustive archive of every single tweet you've ever sent. And it's only a matter of time before those emails and your own actions end up catching up with you. Now, I mentioned earlier Mark Elias's tactic for trying to legally punish conservatives who dared to speak about the fraud of 2020. Let's take a look. Well, in recent weeks, those Democrat challenges to conservative America first candidates who dared to speak out against the fraud of the 2020 election have come to a head. You see, we've had several high profile cases who were attempting to remove these candidates from the ballot come to court, whether it was a lower court or in the case of Arizona, the Supreme Court. 
First of all, Marjorie Taylor Greene just survived her own attempt to have her removed from the ballot in Georgia the other day. And yesterday, the Arizona Supreme Court rejected several lawsuits that attempted to remove Paul Gosar, Andy Biggs and Mark Fincham as well. Now, this is a devastating blow to the radical left. They know fundamentally they cannot win on policy. They also know that they cannot win on their past accomplishments. I mean, look at the state of the nation, for God's sake. And we certainly know that they cannot win without cheating either. And rigging more than just the presidential election would be a monumental feat. I mean, the number of candidates running across this entire country that pose an existential threat to the Democrat deep state agenda is staggering when you compare it to years past. Rigging the presidential election, a national election, is one thing. It takes an incredible amount of coordination. We saw it play out in November 2020. We saw it playing out in the weeks leading up to it and the weeks after as well. But rigging every single downvote on all of these midterm elections across the country, the number of Republican candidates that are America first that are going to be running for a variety of offices, whether it's governor, secretary of state, attorney general, Congress, state senate, you name it. There are far too many of these races all across the country for the Democrats in the deep state to be able to rig. Weaponizing the courts was their last chance, and they had to take it. But thankfully, it's failing, just like their agenda. And my hat goes off to these candidates, because if dealing with threats from the left weren't enough, America First Republicans from a number of different states, Michigan included, seem to be getting snubbed by members of their own party. They are doing everything they can to take them off the ballots to stop them before they even get to Election Day. Case in point, take a look at Michigan. On April 2nd, Christina Caramo and Matt DiPerno were nominated for Secretary of State and Attorney General, respectively. They did what a lot of people thought would be absolutely impossible. Not only are both of them 100% America first, but they were both endorsed by President Trump and they both speak openly about the fraud of the election in 2020. That subject right there is persona non grata for the entirety of the left and unfortunately for a lot of the establishment right. Now, apparently, despite these nominations, the Michigan Republican establishment have yet to call and congratulate them, let alone answer the phone or return the calls from Caramo or DePerno. That's an absolute travesty. These people are the nominees for these very high offices in the state of Michigan. And for the Republican establishment to absolutely ignore them is totally unforgivable. Now, that includes the presumptive Michigan Senate majority leader and the current House speaker, who both are Republicans. And a failed never-Trumper candidate named Tom Leonard is seeking to have Matt DiPerno disbarred as payback for having the bravery to stand up in Antrim County and throw his hat into the ring to fight for the people of Michigan against the very corrupt and George Soros-connected Dana Nessel. The Michigan Rhino establishment is openly supporting only non-Trump endorsed deep state candidates. They're choosing to snub anyone who talks about election integrity. And don't you dare say the words forensic audit or Michigan's Rhino establishment is going to fight tooth and nail to steer every single campaign dollar to other candidates and not to you. And apparently Rana Romney McDaniel is even getting in on the act. But is anybody really surprised about that? This is the same Rana McDaniel, the same Republican Party chair who failed to protect the polls in 2020. 
The same Republican chair who allowed Republican poll watchers to get kicked out of the TCF center on election night. The same chair who dropped the ball spectacularly in the wake of the stolen election, who raised millions of dollars on the anger of American conservatives for election integrity and spent exactly zero dollars funding audits or investigations into what actually happened. Now, Ronna Romney McDaniel was apparently furious that the people of the Michigan convention nominated Caramo and DiPerno. But here's the thing to all of you deep state compromised rhinos in Michigan or any other state, your inaction and in certain cases, complicity in allowing elections to be stolen, the wrong candidates to get on the ballot and your refusal to read the room on election integrity and the long, slow death of America at the hands of Democrats has awoken a sleeping giant. The American people will have their referendum on deep state government candidates and the future of our nation come November. And you're going to be receiving some pink slips and, in certain cases, indictments. Now, finally, I'd like to turn to New Mexico. Because quietly, in the background, with not nearly as much fanfare as we saw in Maricopa County, Otero County, New Mexico, has been working on their own efforts to unravel what really happened in 2020. An audit of the 2020 election has been ongoing, and the results were presented yesterday in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Now, of course, as you might expect, significant issues were found to the surprise of absolutely no one who's been paying attention. And they included material issues with the voter rolls, which, as we know, are protected by the Democrats like a mama grizzly bear protecting her brand new baby cubs. The New Mexico Audit Force canvassed 20 percent of the voter rolls. And guess what? They found issues with 41% of the doors they canvassed. That includes 30% of the voters on the voter rolls didn't even live at the address that was listed. And get this, among that 30%, 40% of them actually voted. Now, for Media Matters or any other mainstream media shill that might be listening, let me spell out why that's such a big problem. You may not know this, but voters are only legally allowed to cast their ballot in a precinct where they are registered. So that portion who no longer lived there voted illegally. Now, furthermore, it raises questions about where they live now and if they also voted in that new address. It also begs the question, did they even know that they voted? Did somebody else harvest those ballots and then vote on their behalf? Both scenarios are equally as likely and as equally distressing. Now, on top of that, 4% of the doors the canvassers knocked on were ghost voters. That means that those are voters in excess of 100% of the eligible voters. These are votes that shouldn't exist, but again, they are very useful when it comes time to cheat, so Democrats fight like hell to keep them on the voter rolls. Oftentimes, these can be dead people. You can see why that's a problem. Now, auditors also found that 2% of the votes were actually canceled. So that means voters were disenfranchised. And even more shockingly, or perhaps not shockingly at all, is that all of the ballot images from the 2020 election were mysteriously deleted after Dominion voting systems put in some work on the machines in June of 2021. Now, need I remind you out there that those ballot images are required to be retained by both state and federal law? That's a problem. Now, all of this information comes after these same auditors reported last week that these Dominion machines have that erroneous or you might want to say perhaps malicious code that forces ballots into adjudication. 
Once that happens, they get determined manually. And that's the perfect scenario for the deep state. When you kick out conservative poll watchers, your candidates win because you control the vote. Now, the auditors also confirmed the findings of a number of other investigators and other states throughout our nation. People looking into the capabilities of these Dominion machines, that capability being the fact that somehow they allow for remote access from outside sources. This is something that Dominion, of course, vehemently denies. But yet again, we find that these machines have the ability to do it. And as the piece de resistance, it also appears that Dominion machines harbor yet another line of code that allows machines themselves to fill out the ballots. You don't even need to have a poll watcher present. Now, after hearing all of these findings, I'm reminded once more of that very auspicious quote from Joseph Stalin in regards to elections. Those who vote decide nothing. Those who count the vote decide everything. All right, my friends, that is all I've got for you today. I think that my own personal takeaway from this series of stories is that our movement, our America First movement, is an unstoppable force. We are going headlong straight into the November midterms. We are going to bring a slew of America First candidates to not only federal office, but also very high office in the state governments. And we are going to take our country back one county at a time. I want to thank all of you for being part of this, and I want to tell you that it could not be done without every single one of us. As always, this has been Red Pill 78. My name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and this was another edition of Red Pill News. Good luck, everyone, and God bless.